Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith. I'm here to bring you the preview show ahead of Bayern Munich's big match in the Bundesliga this weekend against VfB Stuttgart. This is one that could hold title implications given the big standing of both clubs. Uh, it should be a banger, right? I mean, these are two teams currently play second and third in the table who are very competitive, who both have potentially explosive offenses, but this is not the same Stuttgart that Bayern Munich has faced in the past. This is a much improved squad, one that took Bayer Leverkusen to the limit last weekend. So I'm excited for this one. I think you probably will be too, especially after the last two games. We'll get into those in a little bit. But as we always do when I host this show, let's take a look at where each team is in the table. Bayern Munich is sitting in second place through 13 match days. Of course, they had their Union Berlin game canceled a couple of weeks back. They have 10 wins, two draws, one loss. That's good for 32 points. They have 44 goals for, 14 against, a goal differential of 30. Over the course of their last five games, Bayern Munich has four wins, one loss. They did drop that one last weekend to Eintracht Frankfurt by an embarrassing score of 5-1, which we have <laughs> beat to death over the past few days at Bavarian Football Works because it was so stunning and so shocking, so embarrassing that I don't think I'm still not over it. Even with the win over Manchester United midweek in the Champions League, I'm still kind of smarting from that Eintracht Frankfurt ass-kicking that occurred. As for Stuttgart, they've played 14 games. Through those matches, they have 10 wins, one draw, three losses. That's good for 31 points. As I said, they are in third place. They have 34 goals for, 16 against. That is good for a goal differential of 18. You like my math there. Over the course of their last five games, VfB Stuttgart has three wins, one draw, one loss. Last weekend was a 1-1 draw against Bayer Leverkusen in a match that showed that Stuttgart is absolutely ready to contend and they will not be a pushover for anyone. If you want to go back to their last loss, it was a pretty stunning defeat at the hands of Heidenheim 2-0 back on November 4th. But of course, that was over a month ago and this is a Stuttgart side that seems to be getting better and better. A uh, club like Stuttgart, it's it's great for them. This is uh, not just good for them, but it's good for the Bundesliga that this team has made some smart acquisitions. They made some smart loan moves and they just have been playing really, really well together. And I think you can't really take that into account at the start of a season. You don't know how these teams are going to respond to coaches, how they're going to really be able to come together. But Sebastian Honus, someone with a Bayern Munich connection has been really, really good. So, uh, he has done wonders in this job. And I think what he's doing is just elevating his profile, not just in Germany, but across Europe, because if he can continue to put Stuttgart in a good place and guide this team to a top six finish in the Bundesliga, I think he will be getting offers thrown at him. Uh, he is a guy who I think does have a bright future in coaching. He's just going to need the opportunity to continue to progress up the chain and put himself in good positions you don't want to take a big job just because it's a big job. And I hope that Honus, as he progresses through his career and he does advance up the ladder, that he's able to pick and choose where he wants to go and make smart decisions with that because landing in a big club isn't always what it's really made out to be. And you can really put yourself in some terrible situations. But right now, he is the man of the hour at VfB Stuttgart. And this Stuttgart team is good. 
I mean, they are really good. Uh, you could look up and down the roster. You're going to see a lot of names you recognize. Some have Bayern Munich connections. Some have been linked to Bayern Munich in transfers. Let's just take a quick perusal at the roster. Of course, you look at Alexander Nubel and goal. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But the loanee from Bayern Munich has a lot to play for in this one. I think he's going to be very motivated. Uh, you also could look at Valdemar Anton, who is a very good defender. Max Middlestadt, I think, is a very underrated defender, and I think he could play a role in this match. He's going to be tested, but uh, you see Dan Axel Zagadou again. The former Borussia Dortmund player is an impact player for Stuttgart. Another Bayern Munich player who, uh, listen, this guy has had quite the odyssey in his career, but Jiang Wu Young has been a, a very solid addition to the Stuttgart side. Now, he is still just 24, and he's still learning the ropes and maybe is not the star that I think some projected him to be when he was on the grounds of Sabiner Strasse during his development, but still a good Bundesliga player who's growing into his role. And I think he could uh, definitely continue to build himself up over the course of this Bundesliga season. Another ex Bayern Munich player who is really impactful for Stuttgart is Angelo Stiller. Stiller is really one of those situations where I'm not sure that Bayern Munich really wanted to let him go. And it's funny because Stiller is a player who might actually have a role on this Bayern Munich squad had he stuck around. But obviously he was ready to move on. He was ready to test himself on the first team and he was not going to get the opportunity at the time from Bayern Munich. So Stiller is, is definitely someone who Sebastian Honus has trusted and who really likes. And that goes back to their time working together on, on Bayern Munich's second team. Stiller, I, listen, his game is not perfect, but he is tough. He plays with an edge. Uh, there are a lot of things he still has to work on to get to that level where I think he could be, you know, not in the, can really in consideration for the German national team, but at least be in the player pool for uh, being on the outskirts of consideration. He is someone who can get better and better. He's still just 22. So there's a lot of room for development with him. And I'd say he's had a really good season so far. And I know a lot of people at BFW really like him. And they'll be very interested to see how he does in this match if his number is called upon. The forward group is really where I think Stuttgart has some talent that, to, to be honest, that it can challenge many, many big clubs in Europe. You look at Chris Furek, you look at Serhu Gerasi, who is... Really been the breakout star of the Bundesliga this season. Uh, Silas is is a player who, I guess, at 25, if you believe his age, I know there was that controversy a couple of years ago when he broke through about how old he really was. Uh, Silas has, has still put together a decent season so far for VfB Stuttgart. And Dennis Undav, who has been, very again, very impactful for VfB Stuttgart. They have talent offensively. They're strong in the midfield, and they have a good defense. This is not a cakewalk for Bayern Munich by any means. This is definitely a club that can challenge Bayern, and they won't back down. I don't think Sebastian Honus is going to be uh, really sitting back, parking the bus, and making Bayern Munich try and beat them. I think he is going to come out and go punch for punch with Bayern, and it's a good time to do that because Bayern is not operating at an optimal level. They are really susceptible both offensively and defensively to pressure, and right now, this is this is a team that is in danger of losing hold on itself. Now you could talk about their win last week again, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday on Tuesday against Manchester United and say, all right, well, they got back on track with a one-nil victory. Well, 
it wasn't pretty. It wasn't everything that I personally wanted to see. I know that the team itself was happy with the result. And yes, going to Old Trafford and playing is very difficult. So coming out with a victory, I get it. You feel good about yourselves. It was not pretty to look at. I don't think this is as efficient as this team can be. I don't think they look good attacking. Now, I was happy to see that the defense was able to hold it together, and we saw much better performances from Kim Min-Jae and Daya Upamakano, especially Upamakano, who I thought was really tested last weekend against Eintracht Frankfurt and failed that test. Against United, we did see those two really pull it back together, so that, that was a good sign for Bayern Munich. But as I said, this is not an easy match. One of the underlying themes, as I referenced earlier in this show, was Alexander Nubel. Now, this is a very, very crazy situation because when Nubel came over to Bayern Munich from Schalke, it was at a time where a lot of people had questions about the durability of Manuel Neuer and just exactly how much longer he would last. Crazy enough, since that point, Neuer had been relatively healthy until he had that freak skiing accident last January, which cost him the rest of the season last year. Uh, Nubel had really, it seems, been working under the impression that he was going to be taking over for Neuer within a year or two of signing his deal at Bayern Munich. That, of course, did not happen. A couple of loan stints later, here he is at VfB Stuttgart making a name for himself in the Bundesliga, also attracting some clubs, some interest from clubs in the Premier League, which is Really not altogether shocking. Nubel has all the physical characteristics you want from a goalkeeper in the modern game. He's tall, he's quick, makes good decisions, has good reaction time, but he has not always been consistent. And I think that's been the one knock on him over the course of the last couple of seasons. Can he put together strings of games where he is a difference maker, where he's preventing the other team from scoring, where he's an active participant in the buildup? Those are things that he's going to have to continue to prove to people. Uh, Nubel I think has all the ability in the world. I don't think he's got much of a future at Bayern Munich. And I think that's going to be by his own doing. I think the club would love to have him back if Neuer is retiring in a year or two, which I still don't think is going to happen. But Nubel doesn't have the patience for that. He's going to want to continue to put himself in a position where he's an unquestioned starter for a club. And I think at this point in his career, he deserves it. I mean, he is a 27-year-old. I never understood why he made the move when he did from Schalke. He was too young to take a chance on sitting behind the world's best goalkeeper and thinking that he was going to retire. I never saw anything about Neuer that gave me an inkling that he was ready to call it a career. And whether you questioned his injury history or not, I mean, sometimes injuries are just bad luck. It doesn't always mean someone's brittle or injury prone. Neuer went through a weird stretch of injuries, and I get why Bayern Munich was concerned and why they went out and secured Nubel. I mean, one, he was cheap. Two, he was really Germany's next big thing as a goalkeeper. So getting him made sense for Bayern Munich. To me, it never made sense for Nubel. It was a really big gamble that he did not need to take. He could have stayed at Schalke or even moved on to another club to where he could have gotten that big game exposure, where he could have been a starter, a consistent starter on a first team. But he didn't do that. He went to Bayern, and as we know, that has been just an up-and-down history since then. He seems to be happy when he's out on loan, but in the few periods where he's been at Bayern Munich, it has not been great for him. And and listen, I don't know what to believe. We know that there's some kind of friction between how Nubel perceives he was sold Bayern Munich and, and what has happened when he's been training at Bayern Munich. 
uh, you know, there were stories floating around that it, he didn't quite get along with Neuer or the goalkeeper of the old goalkeeper coach, Tony Tapalovich. I, I don't know. I can't speak to that and say whether it's true or not. Those are just stories that were out there. Whatever the case may be, Newbel's making a name for himself. He's doing really well, and I think he's going to set himself up nicely to have options after this season. As far as Bayern Munich goes for this one, a couple of interesting things came out of that Manchester United win. Uh, we know that Kingsley Coman and Nusar Mizrahi are banged up, which again puts Thomas Tuchel in the position of probably needing to play someone out of position. And with Conrad Limer, who presumably would take over from his rally. It's not as if Limer can't do it, but Limer is a natural midfielder who happens to be able to play right back. So this is a tough game to maybe have to rely on a player like Limer against a very, very good attacking group from Stuttgart. So we'll take, we'll just jump right into that and, and we'll start with that. So trying to figure out Tuchel's lineups are, it should not be as hard as it is, but he seems to really fall into relying on the same set of players, which with a roster as talented as Bayern Munich's, it seems to be a crime not to use some of the players on the bench as much. But what can I say? I could whine and drone on, on and on about Tuchel and his lack of rotation, but it won't do you or me or anyone else any good. Uh, the center back pairing will probably be Kim Min Jae and Diopa Makano because Tuchel really doesn't have many options. Matthijs De Ligt is not ready yet, and Leon Gretzka is going to be needed in the midfield. So center backs seem set. Outside backs, as we talked about, Limer will probably take over from Mizrahi if Mizrahi cannot go. It's very unclear at this point. It looked like Mizrahi was battling some calf issues, which, you know, a lot of people, if you're... <laughs> If you're just sitting back, you're like, calf issues, how bad can it be? Well, it can be bad, especially for a player like Mizrahi, who relies on his, one, his top-end speed to play at the outside back position, but also those quick bursts, which you can't really make if you have to push off and you have a sore calf or a strained calf. So this could be an issue for Mizrahi. And again, as big as this game might be, you want a player who's out there at 100%. You don't want to have someone who might be operating at 80% or less I don't want to see Mizrahi out there if he's banged up. One, because he absolutely could make the injury worse. But two, I think it would be a bad matchup to send someone who is not quite at his best against the this attacking group of VfB Stuttgart. At left back, it would seem that Alfonso Davies is an easy choice, and it, and it probably is. Although I can see that Tuchel is potentially starting to contemplate using Rafael Guerrero out there a little bit more one because Davies just quite frankly is still struggling with some of the things that have plagued him over the past couple of seasons he loses possession a lot defensive awareness and positioning has really fallen off a cliff at times he's very up and down the one thing that I think every Bayern Munich fan can always go back to is his tremendous potential and what he can do and against Manchester United we saw glimpses and spurts of that and that probably was enough for Tuchel to say all right Davies is doing some good things we just now need to build on that and I think that's probably the case and Davies will get that start though it would not shock me if Guerrero was a late game substitute I think Davies and his pace could be very beneficial against the Stuttgart attack uh, he's obviously faster than Guerrero. Guerrero is probably a little bit more disciplined defensively. So we'll see if there's any movement there, but I would expect Davies to start. In the midfield, the much chagrined midfield, much maligned, criticized by everyone, not liked by the head coach. Yeshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka will absolutely be there. I don't know how else 
Tuchel could approach this one as much as he doesn't like Kimmich and Greska as a pairing, and he apparently doesn't like either player at this stage. Uh, I think you have to rely on them. They're still the best that Bayern Munich has to offer. I say this over and over again. I'm not as down on the duo as a lot of people are. I think that they need to be uplifted at this point. I think some extra coaching, I think some some better discipline from both would probably serve them well. But they are, as I said, the best Byron has to offer. And I think they're both still very, very good players. And this is a game where I think they could be very impactful. I'm very interested to see how they approach this one. Of course, the news that broke right before the Champions League game uh, basically attacking the player, the leadership council, the players, uh, Kimmich, Goretzka, Muller, Neuer, Delict. I'm very interested to see how this develops over the next few days and if it affects Kimmich and Goretzka, because as much as we think they should be able to shake it off, it's got to be very disconcerting for them to read that, especially right before a game, and then have to process it and move on and want to play for a coach who absolutely, it has become very clear probably doesn't want either of them. So those two are going to have to figure out a way to battle through that. They're professionals though, and I have faith that they'll do it. And listen, I really still like both players. And I think they can be the midfield of the future for Bayern Munich, but this whole situation has to settle on whether that means Tuchel needs to calm down, whether it means the front office needs to take a step back or whether the players just simply need to improve you can't have stories like this leaking at the times they did. And the fact that it was coordinated across two different publications, at least it's, it's a terrible look. And I would like to say, you know, I know so many people want to say this is just build making things up. It's not sport. One had the same report. And as much as some of you might like to bash Christian Falk and Toby Altschaffel, they are good reporters. They're good journalists. And Carrie Howe from Sports, Sport One is also very, very good. These are top-line reporters, whether you like it or not. They get good info. They run with it, and it often pisses fans off. But a lot of times, there's a lot of merit to what they write and what they report. So I think there's a lot to that. We talked about it a lot after the post-game show, the, the Manchester United match. If you missed that, go back and check that out. You could also check out the flagship show where Samarin and I need no name absolutely touched on this, a little foreshadowing of what was going on. And you could even go further back to me going on about Tuchel pretty much attacking the leadership group and that it was strategic. And I honestly think it kind of is. Wouldn't shock me if Tuchel was the one who leaked this story out, but whatever. Doesn't really matter at this point. We just know that that Kimmich and Gretzka probably have a little bit more pressure on them. The attacking group could be interesting. Kingsley Coman, who was man of the match against Manchester United, is banged up. He's got some muscular issues. I don't know if he'll be ready to go for this one. So we're not going to predict that he starts. We're going to say Serge Gnabry returns to the lineup. If Coman is is healthy and says he can go, he'll get the nod. But Gnabry should really approach this that he needs to take advantage of the opportunity. He's not getting his name called that much by Tuchel. There are now rumors that Brian Zaragoza was a direct replacement for Gnabry and his future is very much in question in Bayern Munich. Not great for Gnabry right now. We've all rode his roller coaster up and down, up and down. When he is on, he is great. He has not been on enough, particularly under Thomas Tuchel. So I would actually like to see Gnabry come out, get the start in this one, and just observe how he does, how he approaches it, and what kind of impact he can make. If he continues to scuffle, 
it's going to be very tough, I think, for Bayern Munich to justify paying him what they're paying him when they have a lower price replacement coming in next year. On the other side, Leroy Sané, who is, it looks like going through another one of his slumps. This is a tough thing for Bayern Munich because you could really look at the downturn in their attacking production and how they've scuffled in their offense. And you could tie it to the start of Sané starting to slump a little bit. He hasn't looked like himself. As I've said again and again, it's his confidence level. When he is off, he's very unsure of himself, very unconfident. He'll never use his right foot to shoot, which again, like that's one of those things where, you know, listen, he's a great player and he's got a great left. He He's not Arjen Robin though, who can just seemingly always beat people and find a way to score with his left. Uh, Sané needs to be able to use both feet to be at his best. And, and clearly right now he's absolutely favoring his left and not using his right when he has the opportunity all the time, I should say. So uh, Sané will still get the call, even though it might not be Sané in his best form. I think he'll get the nod and he'll be looking to link up with his guy, Harry Kane at striker who Kane at this point is the striker in name only because he's more of an attacking midfielder. I love Harry Kane. I love that Byron got him. I want to see him actually play striker though, because of the 10 undoubtedly they're going to start Jamal Musiala. You already have Musiala as the 10. If you don't like Musiala at the 10 and you think Kane needs to be it, then you need to swap Musiala out of there and just play Kane at the 10 which would, again, defeat the whole purpose of going out and paying nine figures for Kane because you needed him to be a striker. You didn't need him to play the 10. So give me Harry Kane at striker. Get him in the box. I want to see more movement out of Kane, and I want to see some creativity out of Musiala again. Another guy who's been up and down has not quite been right since last year or actually since the World Cup ended. We need to see more out of Musiala. We need to see Sané get out of his funk. We need to see Kane actually play as a striker, which would be great. I, I Listen, I, I love that he can play deep. I want him in the box, though, and I want him moving in the box, which has been a little bit of a problem for him of late. As far as the prediction goes, this is, in a lot of, in a lot of ways, it's a must-win game for Bayern Munich, not because they can't recover in the standings and they won't be able to catch Bayer Leverkusen, but because they simply need to put forth a good effort. They need to come out and play a dominant style against a good team. Manchester United, not a good team. Eintracht Frankfurt, not a good team. Neither of those matches were good. FC Köln, you want to go back to that game, not a good team. Bayern has not looked good in a while. I need to see something out of them. I'm going to predict they come out and win this one 3-1. I'm hoping it's going to be a lively game. I'm hoping we're going to see the attacking group come out and play with some flair and some creativity and a real urgency to score. I need to see it. If we don't see that, I'm officially going to hit the worry button, not the panic button, but the worry button because things are not right. And whether it's a disconnect with the coach, in the locker room, or just the fact that maybe players are underperforming, or maybe they just don't like the coach. I don't know, but something is up. If Bayern Munich cannot come out and put together a convincing performance against VfB Stuttgart, a very good team, but also one that Bayern Munich should be able to beat 3-1. That's about all I got for this show. Uh, as always, you can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get the Tweetmeister, Tom Adams, at TommyAdams71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can get Siler at CYL3R. As always, get all of our great podcasters and writers at BavarianFootballWorks.com. Catch all of our Manchester United coverage. We'll have everything 
coming up on VFB Stuttgart from the lineups to all of our game coverage, the live blog, match awards, observations, post-game podcast, all of it. We will have it all. So catch us all there. Have a couple of beers on me. Look for the weekend warm-up to drop on Thursday. We'll see you next time.